Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a while Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. You're listening to The Dork Forest. It is available on all of the websites, and including iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube. And if you go to dorkforest.com or jackiecation.com, you'll find links to all of it. And then I have another podcast with Lori Kilmartin just about stand-up comedy. But this is The Dork Forest, and it's January 2020, so Happy New Year, and feel free to start donating again. That's right. Donations went off last year, and I don't blame you, but uh, think of me. And PayPal will let you do it monthly if you want, but I understand if you don't want, because monthly is um, is its own commitment. But the people who do do it monthly, ha I said do-do. Uh, I totally appreciate that. But there is also going to be new merch. I'm phasing out one of the uh, Dork Forest t-shirts. I think it's the black one. It might be the green one. The green one's almost completely out of stock, so I think it might be the Dork Forest one itself, but uh, feel free to try and order stuff so that I can get those two new shirts on the website, because right now the merch page is a bit crowded, shall we say. By the way, my website is done by Vilmos, you know that. The song that was just sang was composed by Mike Rickberg. He'll sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program, and Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio, and has been doing it for low these many years, and I genuinely appreciate that about him uh, so much. The new shirts are going to be a shirt with a bunch of my dad's sayings and a drawing of his face uh, on uh, that Jenny Fine did. And Jenny Fine, of course, was the uh, artist who did the Meat Shield t-shirt, and she also did the art for the Horcrux album and DVD. You can get all of uh, my old merch still at JackieCation.com. And the new merch, feel free to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com, and we'll figure it out, is what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to record a new album in 2020, but I don't know where or when. Uh, feel free to come and watch me work on the new hour at JackieCation.com. has all of my tour dates and at JackieCation on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. There's also a Dork Forest Ranger page that you can get into. Donations, PayPal, Venmo, do whatever you need to do. But I'm very appreciative of everybody's support over the last 13 years. Let's get into some dorkdoms, shall we? Hey, this is Jackie Cation, and I am on the internet with Robin Ryan, at R-O-B-I-N-R-Y-A-N. 200 is your Instagram and Twitter and all the things, yes. right? And we talked about roller derby last time, and now we're going to talk about the prison system, because you work in the prison system in Northern California, or mid-state. I think of it as mid-state. Well, I'm 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 between Sacramento and San Francisco. Okay, yeah. so the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and you worked down here. Did you work with juveniles? No. So I worked I worked at uh, LA County Men's Central Jail, um, and okay. I worked with inmates who were eighteen to twenty five. Oh, okay. Yeah. So adults. Adults. Yeah. yeah. And do, so you're in the education part of yeah, it, right? So I am a teacher. There are. Um, teachers at every state prison in California and many, many, many of the county jails have education programs too. Okay. And you, and uh, I screwed up the, the intro on this. So we had to start over. So I'm talking to Robin Ryan and you 
are working for the prison system. What's it called? Uh, CDCR. So it's California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. And I previously said, let's say it again, just you and I know that uh, I'm so glad that the word rehabilitation is still in it. And then you said, oh, it was out. It just came back in like 10 years ago. It was out for a couple okay. of years. <laughs> oh, fuckers. Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah. So th- what it means is that it also allows, you know, people are, are doing time for, for crimes but it gives them a chance to have something when they come out, right? Yeah. So the goal for every inmate is to um, get a high school diploma or GED while they're in prison. Um, yeah. And so we What's start the off difference? with quite literally inmates that don't know their alphabet or don't know how to read up to students mm-hmm. that are inmates that have within like four or five credits to graduate from high school. And we also have students okay. that have master's degrees and doctorates um, who can take college classes. So, and literally okay. everything in between. <laughs> what is the difference between a GED and a high school diploma? Um, like, so the high school diploma, obviously, you get it from going to class and doing the assigned work from the teachers. And the GED okay. is um, like competency testing to show that you are competent in the areas of math. English language arts, science, and social studies. Okay, so the GED means you kind of skip the classwork and just take the tests and go, no, I, I think I could pass these. Yeah, yeah. And I think you could. Okay. I actually took them about a month ago um, because I'm teaching GED and I am an elementary teacher at heart. And I was like, I don't know if I could even pass these. And I did. So <laughs> that's good. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a detainable goal to be able to... T- to pass them good what about um and so right now you're in so you're teaching ged now but what did you teach at the men's so uh, at at the men's central jail i taught high school so all of my kids were on track to get a high school diploma and they um would basically come in and do like an independent study type program uh, based on okay. like what they needed in order to graduate. Yeah. Um, and so it was more independent study work. This is still a lot of independent study, but I'm, I guide it much more. I don't, yeah. Like, uh, is it a classroom full of people studying for the, the competency tests and you're teaching them how to pass those tests? Um, yeah. So I have three classes. Each class is two hours long during the day. Um, mm-hmm. And they, and my, like, we go in based on everybody goes into a class based on reading score. And my reading score starts like around a seventh grade reading level and goes up from there. Okay. Um, Just a certain amount of comprehension and ability to read the material. Yes. Is, is how they separate all the different folks. Yeah. So then in order, like for, for our, where I am, they have to reach, like we have a tab is the test that we take that we give them. It's a uh, test of adult basic education. Um, okay. And that's like the reading scores that they get. Um, oh. And so they get that when they first get into prison, everybody gets a reading score. And that actually determines quite a lot about like your time in prison, whether you can get certain jobs or 
take a note uh, when we're all in prison to not slough off that test is what you're saying. Yes. And so a few years ago, it was like they could get milestones, which is basically time off their sentence for improving on that test. And so people bombed the test and would get like a 2.0 or 1.0. And then they'd complain that they can't get these like, you know, quote unquote, good paying jobs that pay 83 cents an hour. Um, making glasses. Yeah. Um, they complain that they can't get those, and it's like, well, yeah, but they have a minimum standard of a 10, 10.0 on the tape, and you have a one point Yeah, like, that's your own damn fault. Did does any right? Do that? Does anyone bomb the test so that they can get really much better at it and then get time off? So they don't get milestones for that test anymore. Um, okay. So now that we have two, we have a Casas test, which is another. Um, acronym yes and i don't actually know what that one stands for um okay rat math test and a reading test and so people will now intentionally bomb the first one of that um Uh and then as they go it's every 10 10 points or so that they raise their score they can earn a milestone if they've also gone the correct number of hours to class in the right time frame and stuff like that so right there's a bunch of hoops to jump through there's there's a lot of math (laughs) There's a lot of math. Right. Don't bomb the math. And uh, it's interesting about people who are who are criminals. Uh, they might want to try to work the system. I try know, to game it's crazy. It. They like to work the system. They're like, okay, what do I need to get a milestone? And I'll be like, oh, you need a 238. And they're like, okay, how many questions exactly do I have to get right? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Like that's yeah. Right. And yeah. if I did know, I might want to teach you to go uh, more than the distance here. I know. And, I know uh, you have to get it again. You have to get those certain number of hours in between in order to take the next yeah. one. So if you started a two seventeen in the math, let's say, and you needed two forty six in the math to take the GED, like we can we can be there for three years just trying to get you milestones to pass the math test. Like hurry up and get right. out, you know? <laughs> Right, right. Feel free to yeah. live your life eventually out of this building. Yeah, I don't need to see um, you every day. Yeah. What are uh, Before we get more into the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. I would like to hear a fun story. You have many fun stories <laughs> about the about the gentleman you have worked with yeah. over the last, what, 15 years? No, three or four? With it, three or four, like, like in this, this last, oh, the new gig. Yeah. No, in general, yeah, you, like I've only been teaching in, in the jail and prison system for like within what? five years. Yeah. I'm going it feels like you have been in that, this industry for decades. No, I taught elementary school for 10 years. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, those kids are crazy yeah, too. Oh, you got I'd, good stories I'd there I'd much too. rather teach in prison than elementary school. Um, why? why? What just happened? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because... Like my last year teaching elementary school, um, every day was an adventure of one girl throwing desks at the boy who was breathing too loud. Um, And then another boy like watching porn on his cell phone in the bathroom and smoking cigarettes and wondering why I'm upset about it. Uh, And he's what, nine? Nine. Yeah. Ah. And so in prison, at least like um, the (laughs) the different ethnic groups have different rules about school. Um, Okay. So the Northerners, like, they go to school, they keep their head down, they do not get in trouble, like, at all. So I have one class that's mostly Northerners, and it's by far my best class. Um, I am so sorry to ask this question. Yes. Please define a Northerner. Okay, so um, 
there, so in prison, there are different groups of people that are divided sure. by race. So Northern I have seen some Hispanic. movies. Yes. Northern, wait, Northern Hispanic? Northern Hispanic. Um, and then Southerners, which are Southern Hispanic. And then there's Pisces, who are Hispanic, but from another country. Um, and then there's, there's black hmm. and whites. <laughs> and then others. So there's black people, there's white people, there's other people. There's and then the Latino community community or the Hispanic community is split up into three or yes. four different groups. Three different groups. And the Northerners are from Canada? Northern no. California? Well, <laughs> Quite literally. Northern California. Northern California. Literally Northern California. Yes. Southerners from Southern California. Yes. Another country could be Mexico, could be Cuba, could be Spain. Could be Honduras. Could be Guatemala. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Could be South America, so Central America. They don't speak English as their native language. Um, okay. And so they kind of... Do you speak them. Spanish? Do I speak Spanish? I, te- I speak enough Spanish to let them know that I know what they're talking about when they're talking in Spanish. Um, okay. And um, <laughs> it's never anything good. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. They're rarely discussing Don Quixote. No. No. Um, <laughs> No. <laughs> Have you read Cervantes? I, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, they. You know, they. You'd be impressed with the books that these guys have read. Seriously, um, they are. They have literally nothing to do ninety percent of the time, and most of them yeah. are very avid readers. Um, okay, and so that's it's really impressive to me. Like my clerk brings a new book every day, and I'm always like, "What happened to the book you were reading yesterday?" And he's like, "I finished it." Okay. Right. Well, I haven't read a book um, in three years because there's Twitter, you know. <laughs> right, right. You've got the the horrors of the internet. Yeah. And the you know what's interesting is this reminds me of when I the first time I went to Arkansas to meet Andy's dad and his uh, and his stepmom, his dad's wife, who is now her, his widow. Great story. Anyway, let's get to it. Um, the people in Arkansas that I met were all these guys who'd come down walk down this road outside a hot he lived outside of hot springs mm-hmm. in a little town and they'd walk down this road every day at three o'clock to get stoned and drink beers with andy's dad and uh the one of the first guys i met was this guy toothless army jacket giant beard and he literally he said to me have you read that new umberto echo book <laughs> and you're like and I, no no <laughs> I've read one Umberto. (laughs) I read one Umberto Echo book, The Name of the Rose, and it was dense and difficult and fascinating, but uh, too hard. Hard book to read. (laughs) And yeah, it was awesome. So that's like, I mean, they're, they can, they'll read anything is what you're saying because they're incarcerated. Yes. Yes. And they don't get much in the way of like news or even like outside information that's relevant to the world. So. Um, they're okay. I, I hate to use the phrase captive audience, but they, yeah, want, you know, they really, they want a lot of information that they just can't get a lot of other places. So, right. Uh, right. Okay. But my favorite story ever, can I tell you my favorite story ever from, from working? Please okay. do. So I was working at, at uh, MCJ in, in downtown LA and I had seen this guy. He worked in, he worked on the, on the floor I worked on and he was an inmate and, and the inmate, like they have the, the job is called Porter. 
So they're kind of the runners and they clean the hallways and things like that. And I'd seen him every day for months. And and he said, oh, hey, miss. And I was nice to him. I sharpened his pencil, you know, whatever. And he was like, oh, right. hey, miss. And I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And he's like, I'm getting out tomorrow. And I was like, awesome. And then I looked at him and I said, what are you going to do differently? And completely yeah. straight faced, he goes, heroin. And I was like, oh. how is that different? And he goes, oh, miss, I used to do meth. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dude. Not... <sighs> not what I, not what I meant, yeah. man. Not oh, what I meant. I was just like, I guess be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I was going <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, wow, buddy. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, it's like my favorite man. worst story. You know, like. Yeah. 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 They all, I'm sure they're all vague, vaguely vague degrees of darkness. You yeah. Know? I mean, I definitely like another fun one was trying to explain that Oakland and Oklahoma were not the same place. Um, oh, interesting. With no map. Like I couldn't, I didn't have a map. Um, and so it. Why don't. Okay. So I was in the county jail. We didn't have any maps. Um Okay. And it was like, okay, does anybody have a U.S. history book? Like, give me. And they had ripped out all the maps in the U.S. history books. And I had to, like, like draw a map and be like, here's Oklahoma and here's Oakland. They're not the same place. Like, they're not. Wow. Oakland is in the Bay Area cool. and Oakland right. is in the Midwest. And, and then I had to explain what the Midwest was. Um, and this same student told me that one time that he had seen every inch of L.A. because he'd been um, – uh, what's the mountain, the hill in, in the explore, uh, Griffith Park? He'd been to the yeah. Griffith Park, so he knew all of LA. Wow. <sighs> nope. <Man>. No. <laughs> no. I'm glad you saw Griffith Park. Yeah. It's a very pretty park. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge. In all of LA, I promise you. No. I don't know if you've been to Van Nuys, buddy, <laughs> uh, but it's pretty sweet. <laughs> You know, yeah. I hear traffic's good this time of year. <laughs> uh, traffic's great right now, I'm told. I haven't left my house. I walked to the 7-Eleven three days ago. <laughs> so I actually, they, I, my dad was tested co- for COVID on Sunday. And so yeah. he lives with me. So I am under quarantine uh, okay. by myself. But my grandmother called my mom yesterday and said that she was using makeup wipes to wipe everything down that she touched. And yeah. I had an extra bottle of bleach wipes. So I drove oh. to my grandmother's house, which normally I told her I would be there in like an hour and a half to two hours and yeah. 50 minutes. <laughs> um, wow. And I left a bottle of bleach wipes on her back porch. Sure. And then I wiped the bottle with one of the bleach wipes and I wiped That's down it. the back gate, like the front and back of the back gate. And then I drove home. <laughs> did you get to wave? Nope, I did not see her at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the brutal thing. I was uh, the the mailman came yesterday or the day before, and he was he almost handed me the mail because I was like, "Can you take that box?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I can take that box." And um, someone had ordered like a big box of of merch from JackieCation dot com, which I uh, completely appreciate, folks. But um, I had wiped it down and stuff, but I was like. Uh, can you, is that big enough or do you need me to drive it to the post office? And he's like, no, I can take it. And then he almost handed me the mail and I said, why don't you put it in the mailbox? Why don't we do the thing yeah. Yeah. where we don't touch each other for a second? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I think good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that if I had seen my grandma, I would have gone in to give her a hug and 
she yeah, invincible yeah. and went to three grocery stores this morning and oh wow uh nope yeah don't do that no. my solomon giorgio's uh you remember him yep. stand-up comic solomon giorgio mm-hmm. he uh he tweeted this thing the other day about how his uh his mother survived famine and forced marches and uh she was offended when he called to see if she was all right <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so yeah she's from ethiopia yeah yeah i mean my grandmother's yeah. from new york city like she doesn't yeah. think anything is gonna get her um Right. She's wrong. Uh, we're all wrong. We all need to, to flatten the curve here, obviously, yeah. just to make sure everyone doesn't get sick at once. That's that's what I told my dad, who's 83. He's like, hey, you know, I tried to go to the VA and uh, they were like, nah, you don't need to. And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, dad, you don't. I know you're bored. Uh, yeah. Paint me a Batman. So pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So. Have you, so do you have problems getting sort of like, does, is there equipment that you can't get that you've had to create? Like you had to draw a map. I had to draw Are a you map. pretty good at drawing yeah. a map now? Um, I'm better at drawing a map. Yeah. And it's bad. I'm not good at art, at art to begin with, but yeah. um, it's bad. So just, you know, an outline of the United States and like where I kind of think Oklahoma is. Um, but right. I would have a hard time. The prison's a little different. The prison has more resources um and so i can use a lot more and like i don't have internet access in my classroom but i do have an office um okay all the teachers share and so i can go um i can go into the like if somebody has a question i can go into the office um and then log it out and then email it to myself and then either print it out or right 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 yeah Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So what, um, you were going to talk about, um, sort of like what programs are available and the, what are the different types of yards? Oh, you sent me this list of like, <laughs> here's some prison talk. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so when you go to prison, I'm going to talk about the yards first. So when you go to prison, okay. Um, when you first get there, you get a point, a, a point scale. There's a point scale from, zero to I've seen like 220 and that's the highest I've seen. I'm sure it can go higher. And they look at your age, your criminal history and the crime that you were sentenced to and whether or not, like if you're there for anything sexual, you like you're a whole different system or whatever. Um, And based on that, they assign you a number of points and based on the number of points, you go to one of five places. You go to a level four yard, a level three yard, a level two yard, a level one yard, or a camp. So level four yard is the most restrictive. Um, um, They call it a 180, which means that like 180 degrees of the yard is completely fenced off and you can't actually see it, see outside of it. So there's 180s and 270s. Um, you quite oh that are that have like non see through walls. Yes, you can't see what's happening outside of your yard. Oof. Um. So there, those are those yards. So and those are like the highest points. Um. So if you have a high point number, then that that then you're more dangerous, and so then you have to be at this level four yes. yard. Yes. And so, um, a lot of times on a level four, especially on a one eighty or two seventy. You're being escorted in handcuffs everywhere you go. Um, 
your like you have yard, but your yard is very small. So it's like one building at a time or a half a building at a time. Um, yeah. And then there's regular and- like level four yards that aren't necessarily that restrictive. Um, where you're not handcuffed? Where you're not handcuffed. Like, so I'm on a level three yard and they can like go to medical by themselves or they can come to school by themselves or they can, you know, go talk to their counselor without somebody escorting them. Um, okay. So they have some freedom of movement within the building that they're in. Um, Within the yard that they're on. So on my yard, there's, I think. Define a yard. Okay, so, Is it an outdoor so, space? Yes. With, um, so like the prison that I'm in has four yards. We have A yard, B yard, C yard, and D yard. They're very creative. Um, <laughs> and so um, I work, um, the school building is between A yard and B yard. So they actually, I get students from both yards and they like intermingle at school. Okay. And then when it's time to go back, they like go back to their own yard. Um, okay. So one through seven people that live in buildings, one through seven go to a yard or one through six in a yard. And then seven through seven, whatever, or something go to B yard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. 10, 11, 12, 12 is the highest on B yard. Um, okay. And so like within that, like they have a schedule for who goes outside when on each yard who, um, who? What's in the yard? So in the yard, Is there's it- a um, an eighth of a mile track. There are handball courts and basketball okay. courts. And within the eight one eighth of a mile track, there is a um, like a field where people play football or softball. Mm, softball not okay. really on the level three. It's more of a level two game. Um, metal bats and such. Uh, right. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basketball court, basketballs that they can check out. There's, um, there's a gym that they can go in and do like cross training and they have activities in the gym. Um, okay. Yeah. Like so, sort of treadmilly kind of stuff. Um, or? there's nothing really treadmilly. It's more like group fitness classes. So they have okay. yoga and they have Pilates and they have, um, like, Okay, so they're they're led, sort of like aerobics kind yes. of led. Yeah. So they're usually led by another inmate who offers to lead them. Um, okay. Yeah. And then, of, I mean, I say offers, but that's their job. So they, everybody. Oh, they get their 83 cents an hour not to do that. that you day. get eight cents an hour. Um, eight cents. Yes. Yes. Fuck. I know. It's, Fuck. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh-huh. I, pay my, I pay my clerk at the end of the month and I'm like, well. You made $5.23 this month. <laughs> yeah. Go, go don't don't spend it all in one place like at a fucking pack of cigarettes. There's no cigarettes. Uh, there's no cigarettes in there's prison. No, there's no cigarettes in prison. Uh, no cigarettes in prison. Mm-mm. Um yeah, no, not anymore. That that's been gone for 15 or so years, I think. Well, that's that's healthful. Yeah. Um so, are they they don't get to chew or vape or any of that none either? None of it. None of it. I mean, wow. In theory, none of it. There's in right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's all in theory. Yes. Um. There are I mean, wow. drugs and marijuana run rampant through the prison, and that's just how it is right now. So. Right, right. It's uh, yeah. But five dollars isn't going to get you. No, a not going to get you a whole lot. No. Yeah, um, and um. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's not, but 
it's it'll get you like coffee and soups for the month. Kind of what it'll get you. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. So then do they. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's no, you should definitely. I was just going <laughs> to talk, talk to me about the yard. daily schedule or the more oh, yard. More yard or- yeah. Well, okay. So uh, level four yard and then you go level three yard and it's a little bit more flexible. They're still in cells. Like they have their, their, their celly, their, the person that they share the cell with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go to a level two yard and it's open dorms. Um, and they're basically like open little cubicles that they put eight to 10 people in and you just live with all those people, but also all the people in the dorm. Um, okay. And the, the dorms I think have about like 300 people in them. Um, wow. and it to me seems like the worst, the worst of the, yeah. Um, and they're a little looser. Like if you go to a prison, that's just a level two, there are no like officers with pellet guns in the guard towers. Um, level three okay. and four have like their, their manned towers. Um, and if you, you could possibly be shot with whatever they're with, whatever they're shooting. Right. Um, and it's not, they don't if, shoot, they shoot like rubber bullets or they shoot like beanbag beanbags. Um, right. And just to sort of get people to stop doing whatever they're doing. Yes. yes. Non-lethal, yeah. non-lethal rounds. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you go to a level two and there shouldn't, like ours is a level two and a level three. So we have towers and stuff. Um, but the level two yeah. generally don't have towers that are manned. Um, mm-hmm. And then they, there wouldn't be like a tower on every yard or, or all. And sometimes they get a little loose on a level two. And so um, the prison that I used to work at, um, I moved about a year ago. I moved from Southern California to Northern California um, mm-hmm. they would just, the, the officers would quite literally just like open the doors at the beginning of the day and the inmates could come in and out as they pleased. Um, okay. But that's, it's not supposed to be how it's supposed to be a little bit tighter than that, where there's specific buildings that have yard at specific times. Uh, right. And it's let, and it's sort of controlled how many people are in that yard. Yes. Yes. And, and, and those walls are see-throughable or yeah, so we just, just have, like chain link um, fences have, or. We have three layers of chain link fence. Um, mm-hmm. And um, one of the layers is electrified. Um, depending on which prison you go to, they have something called a collapsible fence, which okay. literally means that if you like bump into it, it collapses around you and then just gets tighter and tighter. Um, Yikes. Yeah, that one. That in, I was in Dungeons and Dragons, they call that entangle. Yes. Go ahead. I was terrified of that one. Because uh, that was the yeah. outermost fence. Um, when you walked in, it was the outermost fence, and I was like, "Stay away from that fence!" <laughs> like, right? You'd want to get mixed up with that crazy ass fence. No, no. Uh-huh. So the, I mean, <laughs> no you you, you kind of preventing escape is a big part of the policy. Um, sure, so the fences are you know a, a big part of that, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they are they're just chain link. They're just chain link. Um, but they work, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what? Okay. So how do people get time off? Okay. Besides. So, um, taking the improve, showing improvement on test scores is one way you get time off. Mm-hmm. Um, how much time? So like what two weeks, how little or how much? So it's most. two weeks per range per test. So okay. if you started at the very bottom and worked your way up, you could probably get 
maybe 32 weeks altogether. Okay. But that's almost impossible to do. Um, right, right. But you might be able to get like half a year off. Yes. And then if you started at the bottom, if you started at the bottom and then for getting your high school diploma or GED or um, an AA degree or an, or a BA degree, you would, yeah. get, you get six months off for that degree. Oh, wow. Um, you, if you take college classes, you get three weeks per class that you get a C or higher in. Okay. Um, they have what they call rack credits and I don't know what the acronym is, but things like yeah. AA, NA, Al-Anon, um, any sort of like evening self-help group. Um, okay. You get like per X number of hours, you get a week off and I don't know what the hours are. Um, but it Oh, like, like how many meetings you go to of, of self-help or therapy or whatever. Yes. You, you can get a week off. Yes. Okay. Um, and then even like the sentencing. So if you're sentenced to 10 years, um, but your, your, so everybody has a status, right? So your, your, you have a custody level. So you're either, um, maximum close or medium or minimum. And so maximum is okay. you're going to be on that level four yard. You're going to be walked everywhere. Um, yeah. close, um, although they cl- call it close, which it doesn't make any sense anyway. Um, <laughs> you have to actually check in an extra time during the day. So at noon, everybody that's closed custody goes to check in and nobody moves until the closed custody is cleared. Okay. Um, and I have some students that are that most of my students are just, um, like a medium custody level. So they've been in a while or they're not there for something super violent and haven't gotten a write up for some, for anything super violent recently. Um, okay. And then minimum custody. So, you know, when they talk about like the firefighters that are inmates, they are. No. What? what? Wait. Yeah, no. So like if a firefighter inmate or an inmate firefighter, they're at a, or they're at camp, they're usually there for something nonviolent and they've lowered their points enough so that they can get to camp. Um, okay. Uh, pardon me, Robin Ryan. <laughs> Let's unpack what the fuck that was. Firefighters who are in prison because they're bad guys? No, no, no. Oh, no or they flip that around. So they're inmates, firefighters. So Okay, they're inmates who become firefighters while in prison? Yes. Ah. Yeah, they're the ones that are, you know... Um, they do a lot of a lot of work to put out the fires in California and stuff like that. Um, oh, they send them on wildfire yes, stuff. Yes, out of the prisons. Yeah, they work. does that pay eighty three cents an hour? No, I don't know. I don't know what it pays. It pays more. Oh Jesus! And oh good. What I have found from talking to inmates that have either mm-hmm. done it or want to do it is they love it. Um, they because they get to feel of some use they get to feel of some use they feel like they're giving back to their community um mm-hmm. if you are at a camp your sentence is 50 percent um so if you were sentenced to 10 years and you do it at a camp you you're only going to do five years um okay you stay out of trouble um yeah but they the ones that i've talked to that have done camp or want to go to camp they do it because they for the what i've been told is that they um, feel like they took something from their community and by going to camp, it gives something back to their community. Oh, so camp is a voluntary thing. Uh, yes. Yeah. Or you're not assigned camp. 
you are not assigned camp. You do not have to do camp if you don't want to. Um, okay. You can go to a level one if you want right. to do camp. Um, but you, yeah. So and then, but if you one. go to camp, you get you get fifty percent off of your thing. But they put you to work in sort of firefighting kind of thing. Is it all firefighters? Um, I don't know if it's all firefighters, and it's not all year firefighters. So there's right. you know there's um all of the training that goes into it and the physical fitness and um all of everything that goes into being a firefighter. And they are when they get out, they're completely if Cal fire would hire them and Cal fire is starting to hire inmate, former inmates. Um, okay. Um, they're completely like, they can go seamlessly from working at one of these camps in Cal fire, like one of these camps to Cal fire. Um, right, the cause they were trained by Cal fire. Cal fire doesn't have to pay to train them and stuff like that. So. Cause I think they already paid to train, train them cause they're being trained by essentially Cal fire. Right. Yes. But their CDCR is paying to train them. Basically. Right, yeah. right. So, yeah, there'd be there's there's only prejudice would be the only reason not to hire them when they get out because you're scared of of ex cons. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, the employment rate's got to be ridiculous. But okay, so they go to camp, they get fifty percent off, and there's no shortage of people that want to go to camp. I don't think so. And is it only men who get to go to camp, or are there women camps? There are women camps. Um, I know that there you are teach camps. you teach at a men's prison. Though, I do right? teach at a men's prison. Yes. Is is that uh, does that get? I know that I remember you saying stories about how they're like I, I, that. It can be, um, you know, I'm sure that there's, I'm sure that the men are hilarious and that and they're also very sweet and that they're also very desperate. Uh, do you have any stories revolving around any of those three words? Um, no, because the minute somebody gets too sweet or too desperate, yeah. you immediately get shut down. Like you have to. I'm sorry, right? sir. That is completely inappropriate. If you continue, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Um, yeah. Or if it continues, I'm going to come. I'm going to. I'm going to call the officer and tell him that you need to leave. Um, yeah. And then um, immediately, it's a it's a write up for um, over familiarity is the term. And okay. you will never see that person again. Because they get pulled out of your class. They get pulled out of the prison. Where do they go? To another prison. Oh, they, oh good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, that, uh, of course, that depends on how... Um, how bad. How the, bad uh, but that's kind of yeah. the, the... Right. Yeah. yeah. Right, because what I remember... That wrote a letter to... When I was working down south, he wrote a letter to like one of the people at the college that was like, "Hey, baby, wait for me." Na na na, and she yeah. immediately gave it to me, and I turned it in. And because she didn't work at at the prison, like he wasn't moved or anything. But then the following semester, he tried to get a face to face class, like taught by an, a female instructor from that same college. Yeah, uh, and I actually turned it in, and then I went to the registrar's office at the college, and I was like, "Hey, there's this, there's this guy. Who this is a guy. Class, like, um, can you rip up his registration form? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Because it's just not. I mean, there's already there's so many safety concerns yeah. with with some of this stuff that 
you want to be encouraging, right? I mean, that was one of the things that I loved about some of the stories is you're like, you know, I want these, these guys to get better and I want them to have a chance when they get out. You know, I do. That's all I want. I just want, I want the absolute best for them every single day. I, um, I love my job as a teacher and I take it very seriously. And yeah, um, I want them to succeed and I want them to get their high school diplomas or their GEDs. And um, there's nothing more that makes me happy. And what I know about working in the prison is that I have to have incredibly strong boundaries and I have to um, not let myself get bullied or uh, manipulated because the second that that happens, I'm done for, you know, they don't. Um, right. There's no mercy on you know. that. I mean, that the, it's an inch to a mile immediately, but I mean, I just, I know that, that, you know, even the, I mean, I, I remember you telling stories about, you know, just teaching these guys to read, Yeah, you know, it was just, it's a, there's joy in it. I love it. I love it. I, okay. I'm going to tell you another fun story that since we've been talking, I thought of, um, Please do. It was my <laughs> second week in the prison that I'm at now. And somebody walked into my to my office that I was sharing with somebody else just like like two minutes before we were closing. And I didn't even look up at him. And I just said, hey, man, we, we're done for the day. Like, you can't come in here at 1.43 on a Friday afternoon. You know, like, <laughs> you leave at 1.45. Right. You got to go. And mm-hmm. he looked at me and he was like, miss. And I looked up at him and he goes, you don't remember me. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't. And he said, um, I was your student in LA County. And I was like, oh. And he goes, and you out. <laughs> and I immediately like went to put my hand on my alarm, right? <laughs> like, like I wear an alarm oh. for just this reason. And he goes, you kicked me out. And I was like, oh. And he said, I decided at that moment, nobody was ever going to take education away from me again. And I was like, oh, oh there you go. What, what can I do to help you? And he was like, I got my high school diploma at my last prison. Yeah. And I'm here to find a college. <laughs> oh. And I was his barrier to signing up for college. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, and I quite oh. literally spent another 20 minutes with him and got him. I'm, it wasn't even my job. I'm not even a college person. But I, right. I spent the time with him and I got him signed up for college. And um. And, and I got them all the paperwork. I got them all registered. And then the and you're like third prison, man. Yeah. So the college coordinator <laughs> goes, um, he wanted a face-to-face class. And he was like, we've already filled up our face-to-face classes. And I was like, have you told the students yet? And he was like, I haven't announced who got the face-to-face class. And I was like, great. Kick somebody out and put this guy in. Like <gasps> I, I messed with him so hard in County by kicking him out. And I'm not doing that again. And he did. He kicked somebody out that he didn't think would take it seriously anyway. Um, okay. But it had just been like a complete lotto system. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Put that guy in. And that guy is two semesters from his associate's degree right now. Okay. And he checks in with me every now and again. He checks in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. See, that's the kind of stuff. Those are the stories. I mean, the thing is, is the system itself is so rigid because it's a prison and uh (laughs) so it's going to be but i like the stories of just like the perseverance of it Uh uh-huh and the you know you're like yeah i'm trapped in this in this box but fuck you people i'm gonna read all of these books and i'm going to you know try to get my shit together and i'm gonna try to not when i get out i don't want i'm not gonna do meth 
It turns out I'll do heroin. Yeah. I mean, and uh, maybe, maybe today that's going to be enough for him, right? Like maybe today the decision to not do meth is, um, is, is a real thing. It is. Maybe, to, maybe he has never not done meth in his adult life. You know what I mean? So just, yeah. just the, the step one of literally being like, I'm not going to do meth. Great. I'm going to do heroin. Well, right. I mean, he, <laughs> you know, he had already done the thing where he was the guy, he was the runner, right? He was the porter guy. Yeah. So he had a job, That's, he had some responsibility. He, um, he had some, a little bit of, uh, he had some movement, you know, yeah. he, could, he could get out and about. That's kind of, you know, that's its own, that's its own joy too. I mean, and there's things where you're like, well, you don't want to settle for this shit, right? Yeah. You want, you, you don't want to say, well, this is all that I can be. This is, you know, this is my third prison. And, you know, there was a guy when I went in, in the nineties, I had a, my day job was at a close cap, uh, was that a, a, a catalog called Northern Sun Merchandising, hippie skippy t-shirts and whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was great. Um, I was customer service. And um, (laughs) one year, a year or two, (laughs) well, that's fine. (laughs) A year or two before um, I had the job, the Northern Sun Merchandising had an article in the the Minneapolis Star Tribune uh, talking about how great the Northern Sun merch was how great the merch was. And next to it was another sort of feel good story about a guy who was in Stillwater prison in Minnesota who had started a bonsai club for, of bonsai trees. And, um, he, he got bonsai trees and he taught other inmates how to, bonsai a tree which is interesting because it's a guy who's incarcerated being twisted by the system Mm -hmm. taking a like a tree and twisting it and stunting it and making it a beautiful tiny oak right i mean you know bonsai trees are those japanese yeah 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 we've all seen karate kid anyway so this guy's name was bill and because the articles were right next to each other the 800 number for northern sun was in our article and so he started calling the 800 number and Ooh. talking to all the different people at Northern Sun. Interesting. And because they were all just stoner hippies, they were like, hey, man. Yeah. And we would talk to him for like a half an hour. His phone time for the day. <laughs> His phone time for the day. It was great. And he was, you know, by the time I got to him, like half of the staff had visited him. Wow. Yeah. And he was like, will you come and visit me? And I was like, maybe, I don't know. And so me and my friend Maureen Fitzpatrick, and she'd been there a lot longer than me. She was like, you know, I didn't go last time. I'd go with you. And so we went and visited Bill Dye, who killed a pizza a delivery kid, and um, said that he didn't do it, and would joke how it was a political prisoner, that he was a political prisoner. Mm-hmm. Um uh, because he was not a political prisoner. <laughs> he was a pizza delivery guy. Yeah. And, uh, but he, um, but he was like 15 of his 30 years that he was in. And so we went on like sort of a public day. Okay. And so we had to, we went through and Stillwater's a maximum security prison. So that's the only prison I've ever been in. 
And like, I, I've been in jail just, but that's because I have two DUIs. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, hi. <laughs> but the, uh, um, but so we get in and we get to meet Bill and he's, you know, he gives us seats a bonsai tree and, you know, it was. Wow. It was fast. Yeah. I mean, it was an interesting story about a guy who's like, you know, I'm in jail for almost his whole life. Uh-huh. For, I, I mean, I think he tried to rob the pizza guy. And then, and so it was a sort of an accidental manslaughter. But he killed a guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. That's what it could. That's that's what's against the law. Yep. It turns out, mm-hmm. uh, you can't rob people, and you're not supposed to murder people. No, that's they frowned on that. Definitely frowned upon. Yeah, but he had, you know, he had gone to school, and he had gotten, you know, he was he was the kind of guy that, you know, you could tell that he was. He had sort of told himself a story about the night. Uh huh. But he had also you know, sort of made peace with it. Like, I remember you telling me that, oh, wait, no, it wasn't you. It was some other woman who works in a prison. Hi, I've taken over your door. It's okay. It's okay. I'm Uh, I'm engaged. (laughs) (laughs) It was, uh, she told me that one of the things about, about sending someone to prison for things, for, for crimes that they, that someone did commit and they admit to committing is that they're serving, they're paying their, they're paying their price, Mm -hmm. you know? And she said that some of the people that she met were some of the most, because they were doing the time and they were, they were, they were paying, paying the price of it, that they, that, that they were absolved of a fair amount of the guilt, you know? Mm -hmm. And that going forward, what they were working on was trying to do sort of a living amends. Yep. To never do it again. Yep. Right? Yep. So they they have this whole thing where like, yes, I did that horrible thing. And now I am in prison. And and it is not good. <laughs> and it is not positive. But I am but I am being punished for it. And once I am done being punished for it, I will have been punished for it. Yeah. You know, and then and she said it was a it was talking to the some of those people were like, you know, the real trick is when I get back out, now that I've I've paid for my crime, is to not do another crime. Mm-hmm. And she said it was one of the most fascinating parts of I I don't I think she's a counselor. Okay. Yeah. Of some sort. A therapist in, or something in, like that. A therapist or something yeah. in inside the prison system. Yeah. So yeah, it was um so, so that was kind of a really cool, I mean, cause you, you think about, you know, obviously you, you put in one of the things about the emotional toll. Mm-hmm. What do you, like, what do you see when, when you try to talk to these people, when you're trying to talk to these guys? So I have found in my completely anecdotal, been for <laughs> two years, completely anecdotal, um, is that at seven years in Things mm-hmm. have to change. So at seven years in, um, inmates either make a complete change in who they are mm-hmm. and they really um, take in all of like the self-help and the victim's awareness and education and things like that. 
And they decide at that point, seven years in, I'm going to do everything I can to change who I was. Wow. And then when they do that, it doesn't matter how long their sentence is after that, but they, Mm -hmm. I have noticed that there's like a piece about being in prison. Um, okay. After that, like not a piece, an acceptance where it's less fighting. They're not, they're more like my, my previous clerk was, um, LWAP, which is life without the possibility of parole. And okay. it took him 10 years to get, to get to that point. And, um, the, and he actually applied for a commutation and did not get it. Um, he horrific, horrific triple murder that he did when he was 18 and on meth and, um, and he's 38 now and is a completely different person. Um, right. And he still has no chance, you know? So it's, it, it took away his life forever, but he also knows that he earned it. You know, it's not the judge didn't yeah. in that sentence. He earned that sentence, which is a huge distinction. Um, you know, he, Right. He definitely internalized that he earned his sentence. He destroyed a family. Um, right. As opposed to and- the inmate that I had last week when we watched a video about somebody getting impaled in their head and they were fine, except their personality yeah. changed a little bit. Who yeah. then decided to shout in front of the whole two classes. We were two classes watching a movie together. Um, that whenever he, the last time he shot somebody in the head, he didn't notice their personality changed. Um and that guy's seven years in too? He's like 11 years in and it's his third term. <laughs> you know, so he's wow. never going to change. There's no, like, I never want him to be my neighbor. But my first, <laughs> I would want him to be my neighbor every day because I know if I'm sick, he's going to come check on me. Yeah. I know that if I leave my trash cans out, he's going to bring them up just because it's the nice thing to do, you know? Right. Um, right. But that guy, I would never trust him. The other one that I have now, he, I, I don't trust him with a pencil in my class, <laughs> like, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Cause no. like, yeah, that guy, I mean, I suppose, I mean, it's, it's just, it's individuals, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, and I think it's fascinating that, that these people that, that acceptance is there and, and the crimes are horrific, but it doesn't mean that, that there shouldn't be sentencing reform right and prison reform i absolutely believe with all of my heart that nobody should get more than like 20 years no matter what as their base right it could be 20 to life i think everything Mm -hmm. has to like i think that the whole system has to run on hope right so yeah you give somebody who's 60 130 years there's no hope when so right so that's where i feel like a lot of the danger in prison comes in is especially like the young guys that get LWAP or 275 years or whatever, but they're 23 and they right. So there's no hope. getting out. Um, yeah. Then that's where you get using Why bother? and more drugs and then owing money and then getting a little poke on the yard or, you know, um, a poke on yeah. the yard is like getting stabbed. Um, oh yeah. And you know, so that, that to me is like where, when there's no hope of ever seeing, of ever getting out and yeah. Um, yeah. If it's run on hope and it's run by it and, and if we encourage our judges to literally 
have common sense. And, you know, the thing is, is the law, the law is for everyone, but it also has to be, there's reason why there's human judges, you know? And it's not even necessarily the judges because most cases don't go to trial. It is the DAs. And John Oliver did a great segment on the DA, the DA system in, in the United States. And they have so much power and their whole goal is quite literally to just clear cases. Um, yeah. When I, when I was in County one day, a student came to me and said, um, miss, they offered me a deal. And I was like, okay, tell me what it is. And he said, the death penalty, should I take it? And I was like, I don't know. You can't ask me if you should take the death penalty. I don't know why you're here. Um, I, did right. I Googled him, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun when you have students, you can Google. Um, yeah. Um, I said, I don't, you know, I don't know why you're here. I don't know if you should take the death penalty or not. Do you- the death penalty doesn't feel like a deal. No. So he stayed for another year and a half. And at the end of it, his sentence was 11 years with time served and 80%. So he's getting out next year. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so they, but they were, yeah. So do we know why the DAs have so much power? Um, I have no idea. I don't remember. Like, I don't the, know the John how, Oliver how this got. Yeah. Yeah. The John Oliver segment would tell me, but it must've been like sort of just feature creep, you know, where they just like, then you can also do this. You can also do this. And then all of a sudden you have all this power. I mean, it's one of the things, wasn't Kamala Harris a DA? She was. And but but what I know about in the time since Ronald Reagan uh, in the 80s and I'm 54. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, since that time, the the more cops on the street and the law and order people spent their entire time trying to pass this, you know, this this tough cop three strikes and you're out kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who wanted to go into politics had to go through that system. Yes. To prove that they were tough tough enough. And so even going through that system, whether they agreed with it or not, um, you have to take that into account that that was part of the journey of the job, you know, especially women, because that was a job that they could get into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Amy Klobuchar was also a DA. That's right. That's right. So when both of them, get slammed on their on their law and order stance you're like that was their way into politics and they were in an era when that was all that the politics were yes that's i mean that was that was their path and that was that was how it had to be done and you could do mitigating circumstances and you could try to change it but it was it was it was that you know that's crazy and then in california at some point and i think it was like in the mid 90s they started doing um, what they call enhancements. So like the clerk that I have now is there for bank robbery and mm-hmm. he, um, his base term was like five years or seven years for robbing the banks that they caught him robbing. Um, yeah. And then he got an additional 15 years for a gun enhancement. So when he was arrested, he had a gun on him. And so he got additional time. Um, all of these guys that are in a gang, they get a gang enhancement. So it's five to five to 15 years for a gang enhancement and five to 15 years for 
a gun enhancement if they have a gun on them or the crime was committed with a gun. Um, oh, they stack. Yes. They freaking stack. Yeah. So you can, you can go for an attempted murder and your base term is seven years, but you, they suspect you're in a gang and you used a gun to shoot, to shoot near somebody. That's 37. It's up to 37. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Holy. Yeah. So they're trying to do away yes. with enhancements because they realize how yeah. much it screwed everybody over. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but it, it's, it's, it's amazing how when you look at somebody's sentence and I, and I can actually read the sentencing report and the probation reports. Um, yeah. And their, their one charge is, you know, um, residential burglary, but then they had, they were in a gang. And so their residential burglary, burglary charge, which would be two years, mm-hmm. um, if it was like their first time or whatever is now yeah. 17 years. And you're just like, how is that? How is that possible? Like, yeah. And, and that's, uh, yeah. The, and that's clear cut injustice is what that is. I, that, like I mean, is, yeah, you could see that. You could see that from space. Yeah. How wrong that is. Yeah. Um, and that's the deal they took. And that's the deal they took because they, they thought that's like that kid who asked you if that was a good deal. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. no, that's not a good no, deal. It's not a little bit of patience, man. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause you can wait and live. Yeah. Well, this has not been a cheerful, super <laughs> cheerful episode of the Dork Forest, but it has been. There's some, there's some hope here. <laughs> yeah, there's some hope. There, you know, I will say there are a lot of bills in the California Senate right now that are um, giving hope to inmates, reducing sentences. Um, right. If you are, and they put rehabilitation back into yes, it. If you're under 25 when you committed your crime. Um, you fall under a special category and after 15 years, you are up for parole no matter what. Um, or probably, that's a great bill. Um, so there are a lot of things they're going back and looking at a lot of people's three strikes. Do they deserve a strike for that? You know? Um, yeah, yeah. There's somebody I know that's his third strike was a DUI. Um, oh, right. A nonviolent DUI. So, you know, he, he's got some hope, although he also has cancer. Um, Yeah. So, you know, there's that. So there is, so there's, there that. is good things happening. Um, and quite honestly, the reason I asked you to do the dork forest is because you're one of the things that bring them that hope. And I, and I loved it. Thank you. And so it's really cool. Robin Ryan to talk to you. you. And, uh, we should know we're at an hour. Okay. And, um, Listen, I, I just want a um, pandemic along with all of the listeners. Uh, sure we'll do it we're we're, it'll be fine these are not these are not the end times they're just shitty times don't worry that's it (laughs) that's right always and uh don't don't sweat it and uh don't 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 bet on the rapture so um but i would say this people rangers you know it at robin ryan 200 is uh is her twitter and instagram and uh, go back and listen to the Roller Derby one, which is also a great episode. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. You're welcome. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Yay! 
my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?